testicles. No, you're supposed to be quiet. Jesus. Oh. You, didn't say, <laughs> you didn't say to be quiet. We've recorded four episodes. This is the fourth episode. Every time I've done that. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. All right, well, we're, it, there's going to be a lot of background noise because I can't, I, I just give up. So this is Adam Wolf. You're listening to They Said I'm Funny. We have a, a this is a, a first in this, ep, in this whole series of this podcast. We have Justin had to go on vacation. Um, and so he's not here. So he told us to go ahead and proceed without him. So instead of my co-host, Justin, we have our substitute co-host, our producer, Chelsea Beal. 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 And we're, we're back here again with, uh, Scott hey. Whitcop from hey, last guys. week. Uh, we had a great interview with him. And uh, we, we're, we're here with our rectangle table discussion. We are going to talk about, um, we, we, I guess, decided to talk about your writing technique. Because sure. the person who suggested that left. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so he's, he's on his way to the he, coast. Yeah, he wants to hear it while he's on vacation. He and wants then, to hear uh, about my yeah. writing process. And then we wanted to talk about, you wanted to talk about podcasting in general. Yeah. So. What what do you think Justin wanted to talk about as far as your writing? <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a great question. You didn't tell us why. No, you Maybe didn't we at can all. still catch yeah. him. Do you <laughs> you said something about notebooks. Do you write a hundred percent in a notebook with a pen, or do you do, does it mix media for you? Or so I started out. I used to write the entire bit out, like my my kid rock joke, which is one of my first jokes yeah. I'd ever done. It it's written out mm -hmm. like full blown out in like my first four books like in each version like you know it started out as this long fucking thing and then just yeah. kept getting shorter and shorter cutting the fat and but i don't i don't really write out i, I mostly write just tags now yeah like i tag it out what is that process like going back to when you wrote that kid rock joke was it how much of it was you go on stage you perform it and then cut some stuff out or how much of it was okay well today i'm writing i'm gonna sit down and let me reread it and let me cut it like it was it what is you know is it a lot more on stage a lot more you know yeah at the time it, i was only doing like one mic a week um because that's all we had yeah um so it would be i'd write the full thing out and then perform it and then go back and rewrite it again like take stuff yeah. out or maybe add something but I think I did that more so I could just remember what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I've gotten better at that, too. Like, I don't I don't take notes up on stage anymore, and I'm not bashing it at all. Like, I understand, but that helped me, like, all right, got to think, got to... Yeah. Like, and if, if I do flub it, like, to me, like, if I forgot it, it probably wasn't that funny. Yeah. Or something, like, along those lines, to me. Um, and then it just forced me to, I guess, work harder and I don't know. But yeah, I I've, I think I used to write everything out so I could remember it, <laughs> if that makes sense. How do you write it now? <clears throat> now it's just like um, tagging. Like I just write in tags. Um, Even if it's brand new? Yeah, for the most part. Like uh, my my new Disney bit, I don't know if you guys... It doesn't sound familiar. Uh, I've I, missed a lot of the open mics recently. Okay. Yeah. So I got this uh, new joke. Um, and that one I started out 
I feel like every joke I write a different way now. It just depends on how creative I want to get with it. But this new, my new bit, like in the, I did like a like one of those spider web type. Oh things. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to see how I could bring. The premise is I got asked to do a threesome while I was at Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, how do I correlate the these two worlds yeah. of naughty and Disney, you know, yep, and yep. fuck around with it. And then I do a, a silly callback with my grandma. <laughs> like, it's all <laughs> like, yeah. So like, <laughs> the bit, yeah, the bit I just drew out, like, how do I get all these things together? Do you, did you come up with these uh, like writing methods on your own or, or are you because I, I used to just do one-liners almost exclusively yeah and I tried to push myself to write more like narrative bits and I Chris Dixon actually suggested I listen to a couple of podcasts and listen to these other comics like about their writing techniques and then he he looked over some of my material and he was very analytical about it and it kind of triggered something in my head that I need to think about, okay, well, when when you first get on the stage, the audience, you know, it sees you and you're making an impression. So you start by doing a joke like this or, you know, this joke, if you don't have the background, you may not understand. So there's like all these little things that before I would just go up on the stage and if it didn't get a laugh, I'm like, okay, maybe that sucks or something. And so did it was it self-taught or did you, have you done research yeah, I've done like you just Google like creative writing. Yeah. Like one of my one of my favorites is, and I actually sent this one to because I think Alex made that post about wanting to start writing again, yeah. and so I just shot him a message. I was like, this one, like if I'm ever in like a rut or just feeling like I don't want to write today, <laughs> this is my favorite exercise. You just take like a premise and you could even do this with, you know, a joke you were still working yeah. on. Take the premise and then for whatever time you want to do. But I usually set five minutes um, and then I write one word pertaining to the premise. And then for 45 minutes, I try to write a joke for every word okay. relating yeah. to the premise. I've heard... Okay variations of that yeah so um, like you get yeah. about an hour or so yeah. of writing and you're you're really thinking about that premise even if you get like one tag out of it yeah. that's fucking worth it to me do you set aside time to do that like <sighs> weekly i want to <laughs> I, I should i do want to start and I, I really want to write every day even yeah. though because um are you you guys are familiar with hans kim no. Okay. He's um so he's kind of blowing up. He start well, he's from Seattle. He's in Austin now. He was in LA, but uh he's a Kill Tony guy. Um I mean, he's fucking opening for Hinchcliffe and Rogan and yeah. he's headlining now. And he was when I first got here, we were doing Tiniest Bar together. I met him at a mic in San Diego yeah. and we talked outside. And this dude I think he writes a thousand words a day. Holy shit. That's a lot. Yeah. But I mean, he works his ass off and oh, yeah. like it fucking shows. <laughs> and um, even David Tell, I've heard him. And I mean, he's the greatest. Yeah. Um, he even is like, 
right every day, even if you don't want to, because it forces those bad ideas out. Yeah. Like you got to sh- you got to sort the trash to find something. So it's just getting dumpster diving. Yeah. Just getting it out. Yeah. And then eventually you may run into fucking yeah. something. Yeah. I think that's for me. That's the biggest I want to write. I have all these ideas just Same. making the time to do it. And yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that I could be famous or whatever, but yeah, I could have a lot less shows where I go to Corky's and I bomb because my jokes, they're funny, but they're not like the best that I could do. And so that is, it is tough though if, when you have a job and you have oh, yeah. family yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. See, I would just like get something pop in my head, like in the shower and then like you have to, finish taking a shower and then yeah. by the time you get to a pen and you a paper it it's gone yeah and then you hold on to that for like the rest of the day the rest of the week and you're like oh my god if i could just get that one yeah. little thought back i could just fucking write it down right and it's so infuriating yeah and i feel like if i had a process i could eliminate that frustrating feeling yeah there's a mitch hedberg joke he was talking about when he's in the hotel and he's asleep he has a joke idea come up in his head. He's either got to get up to the, and go to the other side of the room to get the pen and paper and write it down, or he has to convince himself that the joke wasn't that funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the, um, yeah. I'd, I've I've done research and there's just so many techniques, um, and we've talked about it before. Where I've I have a subject, I'll come up with a tweet that I that I think is hilarious, and I'll write it, and it'll get a good response, and then I'll look in my Twitter archive and find other jokes that are like that. For me, what works best is a combination. Like I'll write, but I usually do it all digital. I don't know why I did the, the mm-hmm. writing sign, but, um, and then I practice and I, I guess do either you, you do this where you practice. I, in fact, I've got a karaoke mic over there. Uh, so I do the whole, I've got the mic, I, I've got my notes or whatever. And as I'm practicing, it's almost like I'm doing the open mic for myself and mm-hmm. I'll come up with tags. I'll, I'll yeah. kind of, you know, add stuff to it. And that, that's really helpful to me. So I, I feel like I have to have both, both of those things. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely done that. The, the Do you like have a prop in your hand? Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like a mic? Yeah. I get the old soup ladle out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I use a karaoke mic too. Yeah. And then you get, yeah, just saying it out loud. Like, and you feel so silly. Yeah, but I don't care. <laughs> we are silly. <laughs> this yeah, is what we do. I mean, true. Yeah. I don't remember if it was Alex or somebody was saying d- they practice in front of a mirror so they can see like their facial expressions and mm. stuff. Yeah, uh, Danny says he does that. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. wouldn't be able to look at myself that long. I don't know. I, I feel, feel like if I was sillier. Yeah. I now that's like, silly. Yeah. That's, that's silly. silly. I feel like if I was more of a, um, <laughs> because we saw. Crystal, my girlfriend and I saw Craig Ferguson, mm. and we saw him f- several years ago at I think it might have been the Paramount, some big theater in Austin, and we bought the cheaper seats, and we were way f- we we could see him, but we couldn't see facial features. We, right, he was far away, and then we went recently to see him at the Addison Improv, and we had seats really close to the stage, and just that difference Different show. of of him like the the silly like shitting and grin or like when he says something like some oh this is crazy that if i was more of that kind of comic i do feel like the mirror would you may be an need asset. To, although i think 
a lot of comics like that. It just comes nat. That's their natural when they're telling yeah. a joker because it's coming from inside of them. But right. Um, yeah, I don't know if I need to look in a mirror <laughs> to watch myself <laughs> stand up. Like just have like a like get a wall mirror. Yeah, just and just watch yourself yeah. pace back and forth. And then one of them, you're like super skinny, and the other, you're really yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Funhouse fun <laughs> mirror. Fun house See, mirror. that would yeah. be way less silly. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you watch or listen? Because that that's one thing that I have a lot of trouble doing. I force myself to buy a uh, relatively expensive camera to force myself to do it, and I still forget it. But a lot of comics say you have to watch your performances. You have to listen to your performances. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? Oh yeah. I, I know Chelsea it. doesn't because she won't let anybody record her. <laughs> I call it uh, uh, homework. Yeah. Um, especially because now, like, I think I I've been I've been doing like my twenty minute set, so I feel like now I need to start writing yeah. the next twenty. Um, so I will be like, th- when I was writing this twenty, I mean, I think probably twelve minutes of my act with air quotes. <laughs> um, I have written like here. So I kind of yeah. want to use that same process I did where it's just taking it to mics and oh, yeah. eating dick. Like, like several mics. Yeah, um, yeah just <laughs> eating dick with it until I can mold it and shape it. But I used to set aside, I think it I think it was Wednesdays um, before Quirky's, um, I, I would do homework yeah. <laughs> where I'd listen to every set um, and then write notes on it. Because even if you're listening to it, you're listening back, you'll think of a tag. Oh, yeah. Or you'll be like, oh, I forgot that got a laugh there. Oh, and, yeah. And maybe you told something backwards and it worked better. There's, or, you know, you're like, ah, I didn't have as much emphasis on that one word, but it worked better there. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for me is the experience that you have on the stage doesn't always reflect the reality of what happened. So you, you're down, okay, I, this joke didn't get a good laugh, and then like I'll complain to one of the other comics. There'll be a lot of people, in the maybe you didn't hear it, maybe the people in the front, but there was a lot of laughs in the back. And yeah. So I, I definitely feel like there is a huge benefit of listening to your sets or watching your sets, but I, it's hard for me to force myself to do that. It, oh, I hate it. <laughs> I don't like doing it, but, yeah. you know, it, it's rewarding. There come... It, it can be rewarding. Yeah. There's other times you're like, I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd cringe. Yeah. You got the ick. Yeah. I feel like... Give com- myself the ick. Yeah, conversations <laughs> like this, they make they motivate me, they inspire me, but then by by tomorrow, yeah. I'm just going to be back in my normal, like, uh, I'm going to watch TV instead of whatever, and then I'll go to the open mic and be, you know... <laughs> if I don't have a really great set, I'll be like, oh, it's because I didn't write, I and then I fucking write. beat myself up for not writing, and then it's just a, a perpetual a cycle circle, of me yeah. not being successful at comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done a like a writing group? Like no, where you get together with a bunch of people and write together. I've always wanted to fuck around with a workshop, but I get like for me, this comes back to podcasting. Is like for. Because I don't even know how... Have you? I mean, I've done it with Adam and uh, yeah. Danny. like, And we just bounced around ideas. And it was okay. really fun. And we all wrote shit down. <laughs> but I don't know if it benefited any of us. But it was fun. Yeah. Still fun. It gets a... I mean, I, I, well, I, 
I'll take that back. It did benefit me because they gave me a bunch of feedback on stuff yeah. that I had already had written down. Right. So, yeah, I guess it is beneficial. Okay. How personal is your comedy to you? Like, if somebody gives you a tag, do you consider the tag? Or, yeah, because, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, I, I was involved with a, a late night style uh, monthly show or, or weekly or whatever it was, two every two weeks. And... So I would write these one-liners and then we'd have a writer's meeting and they would change, you know, it'd be the same joke, but they change it a lot. And at first I was like, this is, that's not that's the joke. Not my joke. That is not the joke. But then I realized, okay, well, I'm not, first of all, I'm not telling it, but it's, they're, they're making it better. Cause you, and then you'd see the host perform that joke and get huge laughs and you're like, okay, well, you know, and, and you can use those. <laughs> and then you go, that yeah, is my joke. <laughs> yeah. Then you can use those techniques to make your jokes better but when you're when you're doing stand-up it, it there is a there is a difference because it's you it's so, your voice and, and and so i do think it's hard to in a lot a lot of times the people that are most likely that especially the non-comics that are most likely to say hey you should say this after that joke they're not yeah they're not comics for a reason they're not comedy writers and it's terrible and you you want to be nice but you're you know and say, oh yeah, I'll think about it or something. But um, have you have you had other comics in the scene say, hey, maybe you could say it like this, or you know? And if so, have you have you acted upon any of those? I'm trying to think. Uh, the most recent one for me is uh, my 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 Disney joke. Yeah. Um, my brother gave me the final tag to it. Yeah. Because I showed him the bit because I had started working that when I. Uh, when I went back to Michigan for a couple weeks, I, that's where I started writing it. And then when I brought it down, I showed him. I was like, "Look at, look, look at the new one," and he's like, "You should say this." Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" yeah. And then I started doing yeah. it, and I'm like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah. Like, thank you. <laughs> but and that's also my brother, yeah. who knows me. Oh yeah. It, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about Jim Gaffigan. Was that was that your interview or? Yeah. Yeah. I think. He has his writing partner is his wife, who used to be a stand-up comic. Yeah, but it's, and that's why one of the things that we've talked about on the show before is that it's easier to write for somebody when they have similar comedy to you. And mm -hmm. so, if if you're married to somebody for X years, you know they know you, they know what you do on stage, your brother, and it's it's part of the reason why, like if a, if Danny French tries to help me with the joke. Our styles are so different. It may not mesh as well, but Chris Dixon, who I feel like is closer, like goofy white guy kind of humor, not yelling at the audience that they suck or whatever, you know, like <laughs> it, it fits a little <laughs> bit better. Um, but I've had, <laughs> I've had where, um, uh, Janie, for example, I can't remember the original format, but I had a joke about how my mom passed away from cancer and I couldn't write jokes about it. Cause it's not somebody di dying from cancer is not funny. And then, I don't remember the original format, but it was good, but it wasn't great. And then Janie was like, why don't you put it this way? And it ended up, the joke was, dying from cancer has never been funny except for the time it happened to Rush Limbaugh, yeah. which is good. It, it was funny enough to where I had very obviously conservative people laughing. You know, they might go, oh, the boo or something, but they were laughing. Yeah. And But then I've also had, you know, and, and that was, he did not write the joke. He did not add a tag. He just said, switch something around. Or mm -hmm. they, excuse me, they said, switch something around. Um. But I've had times with, for example, Chris Dixon or 
Janie's another example where they have actually given me tags um, or I've given them tags. And so it, it, it does kind of feel like cheating, but I've kind of gotten over that, you know, especially if it's somebody you have a, a working partnership with. It's, so you're not, it's just not one-sided where you're, oh, write, right. write this. You know, it, it makes it feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But it, um, when somebody is up on the stage, like Chris Dixon does that castaway joke, and I was the one that said something about the volleyball being a size six and like, oh, you guys would kill to be with a size six <laughs> or the, the fucking, the, the, I don't something to do with fucking the Kiwi or something. They got <laughs> just good laughs on the, uh, on, you know, and so when somebody else tells a joke and, it, and then they, it's getting laughs and then your tag gets laughs as well. It You're feels like, yeah. it's, it's almost like you get bonus stage time. Uh-huh. You know? and so Well, going back to your brother giving you something, or telling you advice or whatever. It just goes back to someone knowing you really well and giving you an authentic version of something to say that would come out of your mouth. Just maybe something that you didn't think about. Because sometimes I'll run stuff past the father of my child and he has a little bit of a background in comedy. Like when we were together, he did some stand-up. And he knows me really well and I talk about my parents and he knows my parents really well. And so I'll run something past him. And so because he knows my voice and my parents and the situation and everything super well, he'll say something and it sounds so much better, but it's not from his perspective. It's just something that I didn't think about. Yet. Yeah. Yep. So that it's, I don't think it's cheating. Like yeah. I think, it's, Oh no, totally. I appreciated valid. the shit out of it. Cause yeah. it's yeah. fucking killing. What's up? <laughs> it's good to find somebody that can write in your voice, but it's also good to try to push yourself out. And, and the reason that I, that I think it's important and other people have said it's important to, to learn to write in other voices is if you want to be a comedy writer, you have mm-hmm. to learn to write, whether it's for Saturday night live or a, a sitcom or a book, you know, if, if it's a fictional book, not a, you know, personalized book, you have to be able to write, you know, when you, when you put in a packet, to write on a show, they tell you to write for a certain sitcom and you got to write as that character, you know, their line. So it, on one hand, it is good to find somebody that's close to you, but to be able to write as somebody else, like for me, be able to write a joke that works for you or to work for Chelsea and you can tell it on stage and it gets laughs and it doesn't feel like, you know, I'm telling all these one-liners and then all of a sudden I'm talking about being from Michigan and then I go back to one-liners, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't work. So right. it is a, uh, I don't know. I feel I mean, it, it's kind of going on a different tangent, but it is good to push yourself out of your comfort zone and not always go with the stuff you know works for you mm-hmm. or whatever. So, um, for sure. Yeah. I um, Another thing that I do, which I guess it's like, well, no, it's a little outside of writing, but after every set I do. So in my notebook, I write like my set list and the notes for what I did and how much time it was. So I can always reference back yeah. like, a four-minute set was this, 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 or yeah, you know. Um, and then after every set, uh, and then my, I, my buddy up uh, in Michigan uh, does this now too. After every set, I always ask, "What did you learn?" And whether that's a three-minute set or a, oh yeah, a feature set, just what did you learn? And then like, I have this bank of just fucking figure it out, <laughs> <Yep>. yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's not even just outside of the material or the the words. It's like, 
oh, we need to talk to that one table. Yep. Yeah. You know, or, or the timing. Like, that's the biggest thing, too, is like, it doesn't have to be words that you're saying either. It's just how you say it or when you say yeah. it. Um, yeah. It's all. It's like jazz. The it's yeah. Not, it's, not, it's the notes. It's what's in between the notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Experimental yeah. jazz. But yeah. I, I've, and I know I've told Chelsea this when she was thinking about doing stand up, and I've talked about it a few times on the podcast. I do think it's very important to not. It's important to have something, especially at the open mic level. To have something besides just are these just jokes funny in your head, whether it's you're learning it afterwards or or a goal, uh, even as simple as when I first started, and I would leave the the mic in the mic stand, like okay, well th- my goal for this open mic, of course I want to be funny, I want to tell good jokes, I want my jokes to be, but I'm going to take the mic out and move the mic stand behind me, or you know like yeah, and and or I'm going to try to talk to the audience, and then it, it on the inverse to that is after the, the open mic is done, I need to, unless you're just doing it to get out and see your friends and to, and to be on stage and be silly, if you're trying to get better, it is important not just to have a goal for that night, but to learn from that. And that's something that I never, I think I do that, but I don't, I've never like put it into words that way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I should do the, the football thing where they put the game the game tape on and they take notes about the game or whatever yeah. you know. draw the yeah. little x's and x's lines and o's and yeah. Stuff. yeah it is a see i mean now that you mention it like i think that i learn but i don't do it consciously yeah it's like oh well that really sucked i'll never do that again <laughs> but well the good thing there's no one way to do comedy because there yeah. are people we talk about writing and you got to write a thousand words a day there are people that they just have everything in their head they don't oh, yeah. write anything they get up on the stage. Those people yeah. freak me yeah. out. Right? My very good friend, uh, uh, he's never written anything down. And he's got 25 minutes yeah. you know, of just That's wild. shit he's been doing for, because we started at the same time. Yeah. He's never put pen to paper. And he's got bits. And it's just crazy. I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, I would forget. Yeah. So much shit. Even, everything. even when I work out the bit in my head, because there's been a few um, where it's like I might have a one liner that, okay, this kicks ass. I got to build something around this. Even when I write it in my head, I at least write a set list of, of one or two words for each major part just yeah. to r- remind me. Mm-hmm. Once I memorize it, I can sit, you know, do it without any kind of notes, but um, I still have to do something. Right. Because even even with that, I still sometimes forget. Like I'll I'll forget a, like at the uh, the show in Waco with um, that Alex put on with um, the comic from L.A. Chase O'Donnell. I forgot like a very important part of my Dahmer stuff, and I'm like, how did I forget that? And it's like, it, oh yeah, it it is. Yeah, I forget stuff. If I I think it's just the pressure of yeah. being up there. You're. Mm-hmm holding yourself to a standard that you think everyone else is holding yeah. you to. Yeah. The good thing at the end of the yeah. day though, no one yeah. really gives a fuck. Yeah. The other comics. Yeah, but I, I have yeah. a hard time remembering that until yeah. I am, it's like yeah. like a magic spell. Yeah. yeah. If the other comics know the the set, they may be like, "Oh, well you you didn't say this part or you fucked that part up." Yep. But a lot of times the, when you're beating yourself up, the audience has never heard that joke. They don't know how it's supposed to go. Yeah. And that's what I learned unless I can do it in a self-deprecating or a funny way. If you mess up a joke, just fix it 
and move on or skip the joke. Like there's been times where I messed the joke up so bad. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to skip that. And then the audience laughs. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I've done that before. But if you, if you make it like there was a time period where I'd, I'd be up there and I'd be like, shit, like not in a funny way after I messed a joke up and the audience like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it, 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 so it, it, I have to remind myself, you're your own worst critic. You're your oh, own, yeah. You notice things that nobody else has noticed. You well, know. Last week, I, I was, I don't remember which one I was working on. I was working on a, a new bit. I, I fucking, it, the, the punchline is a callback. Never mention the fucking <laughs> I've done that. first part. And yeah. I'm like, I'm getting to the punchline. And then in my head, I'm like, Oh, these guys aren't gonna know what the <laughs> fuck I'm about to say. Yeah. So I told them that. Yeah. And I was like, and this did, and I just did it, and I was like, and that didn't make sense to you because I didn't tell you about. <laughs> I feel like I was there when that. Was that at Corky's? I don't remember. It may have been where yeah, I maybe just maybe it was a different situation I, that was similar, but I feel like I've been in a room yeah. when somebody had to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah. ended up being all right. I just told the joke a yeah. different way. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like Quentin I'm, Tarantino. <laughs> unless it's something major, like you fall off the stage or oh, or yeah. something like that. Unless you can make it funny, don't even address it. Just yeah. just move on. Fix yeah. it the, as best you can, or just move on. And yeah. fucking, did you guys watch the the Chris Rock? Special? I have not had a chance. Okay, so yeah. that was live. Yeah, I recorded it. It was streamed live, and he he flubbed a word, and like he admitted to it. Or, and I'm like, this is common. Yeah. Like even the one of the greatest will like. Oh yeah, and it's live, and it? you get to see it flubbed up, and yeah. you you don't really see that in specials. Yeah, because like, a no lot one of times leaves they that in two full shows and mix them together. Mm-hmm. Right, they're not even not even are they not doing it live? They're recording multiple shows. To, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, stand up is like the most human. Oh yeah, form of entertainment. <laughs> like it's raw. It's you. It's yeah. and. Even the greats fuck up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anytime you hear an interview with like the big name comics, and somebody asks them about that, they always they they probably have more stories about fucking up than we have about actually doing, doing comedy. And yeah, I, I I always bring this one up because it it makes me laugh. But you're talking about like doing really shitty open mics and and terrible audiences and loud. Bill Hicks told a story about a, a like he was at a bar in Louisiana. And it was a bunch of rednecks, like just country folks. And one guy came up to him and said, "You're done. We wanna, we want music." And Bill Hicks said, "I'm, I'm getting paid to do this. I'm gonna keep doing this." And the guy pulled out a pocket knife, cut the microphone stand or wire, and said, "No, you're done." And oh dang, holy shit! That, that always, you know, every comic has they've they've come up from the open mics like we have, yeah, and they've all had shitty, mm-hmm. shitty experiences at open mics like we're having, and they all. Um, have fucked up like Chris yeah. Rock did and they work through it and they learn from it and they got better. And mm-hmm. that's the important lesson. I, it applies to everything, everything, I think, but I think comedy is such an individual. There's, there's not a lot of things that are as individual as stand up comedy. Cause mm-hmm. you're writing the jokes, you're performing them. The audience is judging you. And you know, it's different it's, every and, time. Yeah, it's yeah. putting your intellectual property coming from yeah. you yourself mm-hmm. in front of people live. Vulnerable. And so <laughs> vulnerable. And, and not knowing what kind of yeah. response you're going to get. Mm-hmm. That, it's so brave. It's worse <laughs> for people. 
like comics like you that tell stories from your life or whatever. Like I just tell one-liners and it, it hurt, but I, I couldn't imagine if I wrote a, a story that I thought was funny in my life and it... And everyone's like, fuck your There was story. like some personal, you know, <laughs> meaning to it and nobody's, yeah. Do you think that's why we kind of like build communities like we do or you oh, have yeah. to because yeah. because we're sympathizing with each other i feel like any minority group i i it's kind of fits but i was listening to a podcast um about like 90s culture it was talking about the golden girls and they were saying the gay culture picked up on the golden girls because they were four women that like whether it was divorce or whether it was you know being a widow they were not family, but they came together mm-hmm. and it really hit a chord with the gay community because back in the you know 80s and the 90s, you know, if you came out as gay, a lot of times you were, I mean, even now you're ostracized or whatever. And so there was like this, they could feel a kinship to the, you know, it really touched a nerve. And I think it's the same, but nobody, it, it's kind of like war. Nobody can understand what you, you went through except for the comics. Right. So the comics can't understand, you know, there's just things you can, like I can talk to Crystal about and she just... She listens because she's polite. No, sometimes she's not even polite. Sometimes she just <laughs> tells me to shut the fuck up. But yeah, yeah. It it is a there's a bond there. Yeah, you know, and and we do have yeah. our own language. Yeah, yeah. And like I, we also we don't. Uh, what am I trying to say? I should have thought of it before I started speaking. <laughs> but we we don't compete with each other. There's I, not I competition. That is it's, right. it, it. That it, is not across the board. I was just going to say, say that yeah. that is. Like our group. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a thing between groups. Yeah. Is they oh, okay. Com- compete. Like, I don't know. There's this one scene um, in Michigan. It's like them versus fucking everybody. Yeah. And that's kind of the way it is. Like, the Austin scene is kind of against everybody. Oh, yeah. And I've, I mean, you I got to work your way in. I'm aligned yeah. with you guys more than <laughs> like anybody else for right. sure right now um but my my buddy that came to visit he went to san antonio he got introduced as an austin comic fuck it the room just yeah. turned on him they, and they he's not from reputation. austin yeah <laughs> this the host just said he was from austin yeah and and i don't know it would was that recently yeah that was i guess that uh, November because I feel like when I first started doing stand-up there was like that everybody in Austin was like uh, on their high horse and they thought a lot mm-hmm. of themselves and um, they didn't want to be friends with anybody and it was all like it was their art you know not like it is an art but they you know they thought of it and I do feel like there were a lot of people that that were like that that yeah, they, like they pompous they were pompous and they they looked their nose down at anybody that wasn't part of their crew yeah. and it was kind of funny to see some of them go do stand up in temple or whatever and right. bomb with stuff that killed in Austin. But, or I think that they're, those were pockets and they're, I always, you find the people, whether they come to you, or you go to them that, that take you under their wing and, and yeah. book you on shows or at least check on you. And there was, um, one of my favorite guys, uh, his old comic named Wayne Montgomery, he passed away, but no matter what, what show we were at, he would make, and I think he just did this to everybody, but it made you feel special. He would come up to you, whether you were in the audience, whether you were performing, whether he was, you know, and, and just ask you how you're doing, how's comedy going. Yeah. And he just, 
So the, I, I do think it does have a bad reputation. I don't know how much of it is just it's always been that way, so we hate Austin, or maybe it's just <laughs> the whole city, not just the comics. Yeah. You know, Austin, I think, is its own thing, even non-comedy, but I think you find your own pockets, and we're lucky because there, even in Austin, there's enough work for everybody. Even with 100%. all the comics, there's a billion comedy clubs mm-hmm. now. There's a billion bars. Every yep. bar wants to do some open mic on the night that they don't have yep. whatever karaoke. or And so it, it it's always silly to me. We had that when I first... I took a long break after my mom passed away and then COVID hit and all this. Somebody published an article in Colleen, the top eight comics. Well, the person who wrote the article was a radio DJ that used to come out to our shows at Taiku. So she just, it, what it should have been was like eight comics that used to perform or, or still, yeah, you know. Not a ranking. And they, there was people that were so Got angry pissed. about it. And I was like, I, I wasn't told what the article was. They were just like, can we write about you? And I said, okay. And it just, yeah. There's a level of competitiveness, but I don't think there's, especially at this level, maybe at a higher level, clubs can only book so many comics per year because there's only so many weekends. Right. And so there are some people that are probably mad that they can't work at Cap City, but then you can go to, you know, the, the Comedy Mothership or, you know, yeah. Creek in the Cave or something. There, There's just so much, like, I don't understand that competition. But yeah. it, It's so stupid. Like, yeah. what? it's not like a team sport. Like one yeah. is a winner and one is a loser. Everybody has an opportunity to win. Right. So what? What are we? Well, what the, are they? The way to win is not saying? to compete against other people. Right. You, the way to win is to work and get better. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. And if you are personable and make contacts yeah. and people want to work with you, yeah. th- Like if you do it that yeah. way, I feel like you're. Yeah debilitating yourself yeah i i always felt weird or the scene i'm not i don't want to like shit talk the austin scene by any means but i felt weird if i would go up to somebody like being new to the area and just being like hey good set and they'd be like why why are you talking to me and i was like I just want to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I first started, I always felt like the older comic. And I, when I got out of the army, I, I settled in Copper's Coke because I just happened to get, get a job there. And so I was not only older than everybody, but I was the out-of-towner. And then I was from this little hick, hick town. And so I've, I'm already an awkward person already. So right. then on top of that, Same. I feel super out of place. And <laughs> I'm not cool. And I, you know, I don't live in Austin. And so it, it was really tough. Um, but I mean, there's other ways like adding people on social media, you know, oh, yeah. being, I think consistency is probably the most important thing, especially at this lower level. Cause you can be consistent and not have as much talent as the next per, next person. But if they're not writing consistently, if they're not going to open mics consistently, if they don't show up on time consistently, if they're, if, if they agree to do a show and don't, and back out all the time or whatever, there, there are certain things that, that when they see that you're doing comedy and you're a real comic and you're consistent, and you're somebody they can depend on, that makes a huge difference, yes. I think. Like showing face, yeah. too, and um, and sticking around. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a major thing, too, because, I mean, I did this in my, my hometown scene. You'd have new people coming all the time, and then I'd, you kind of just want to be like, I don't want to talk to them yet. Yeah. I want to see if... They keep coming out. It's like in war where they don't want to talk to the the replacements because they're, right. they're going to die. So you yeah. don't want to be friends with them. Yeah. Right. So it's <laughs> like I want to wait to see if 
they can make it see if they're tough you know and I have the that, thick yeah. skin. I think that happened to me. <laughs> you mentioned. <laughs> I think there's a. <laughs> People yeah. felt me out yeah. for a while before they. Oh yeah. Spoke to me. Yeah. There's, I think that's another <laughs> reason that we have such a good core in the the Corky's core, I guess yes. I'll call it, is that there has been a lot of consistency. We've had people come and go. And there are new people that show up for a few open mm-hmm. mics and then never come back, or they come from out of town and never come back. But for the most part, we have a good core that show up every week. Yeah. You know, then you may miss a week or two, and and I'm probably just as bad as anybody, or more bad at missing. It but um, it that consistency is is a big deal, I think. Yeah. Uh, for getting yeah. booked and for getting people I, to like you. I've been missing a lot, yeah. but I'm I'm really stoked to get back into yeah. it because I mean, a lot of stuff yeah. has been going on, yeah. but and I have. I don't have to explain myself, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I, I do want to get back yeah. into it for sure. Yeah. So I d- just fucking yeah. love comedy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much fun oh, it's and best. it's supposed to be yeah. fun. Yeah. It sucks beca- because I'll, I'll get into these modes where I'm like, God, oh, should I really like lately? It's been being so tired because I stay up late doing the open mic and then I go to work and I'm exhausted the whole day <coughs> or I'll take a break like when I had my kidney stones I couldn't go for a few weeks oh, fuck. and um, as soon as you know and, and I I forget how fun it is and I'm like oh should I do it should I do it you show up especially at Corky's as soon as you get there it's like you never left oh yeah everybody's you know even if you've been gone for two months or whatever yep and just getting on the stage and, and doing some new jokes and that just it's so much fun and it, there's so much satisfaction from working on a joke and, and it getting laughs or changing something on the fly and it gets laughs. There's just so much good to it. And for me, the the biggest thing beyond just the comedy, and maybe this is why it's just a hobby for me and not, I have more, like I would miss just hanging out with you guys before oh, and after the show than the comedy. Like I think I could, I'm not one of those that is just so driven by my desire to, to, to do stand up that I would miss hanging out with you guys. Right. And I don't, I honestly don't think, especially in this area of Texas, that I could find the same group of like eclectic, like just cool as fuck people right. anywhere else. Like if I That's why play I golf or Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel bad about not going up if I just like miss everybody. Yeah. Like yeah. if I, you know, sometimes you're just not in the fucking headspace. Yeah. Like if you've got a lot of shit going on, I can't. I, I can't compartmentalize yeah. in that way. <laughs> and I feel like I should get some sympathy from yeah. all you fuckers. Well, you, because you, well, first of all, some of us are just messing with you. I know. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> and I, we I'm also just, I'm just like seeing you on the stage. So we want to see you do comedy, but you are at the level where, you know, once you get to a certain level and you're getting paid to do stand up, you don't get that, uh, that luxury of not, doing that so enjoy you know just yeah it, you, I, you, I have to remind myself that if i miss two weeks there's you know unless unless it's one of those mics where only two people show up and then now it's just one guy but yeah. our mic there there's going to be seven twenty twenty five comics you know it, so it, it's okay in if you miss a week or two it, you know mm-hmm. if it's not a paid show you promise to do then it's okay so yeah. um and you have to worry about your mental health and your personal life and all that hell yeah, yeah. Until you become a touring paid comic, and then that is your personal life because that's, that's your how you job. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you want to talk about? You had mentioned podcast. Did, is there something particular, or was that just a? I just threw uh, it out there. Yeah. I mean, so we talked at your interview 
you said you did a podcast. That was prior to your... Yeah, we did yeah. a podcast first. Um, I mean, just the, like, in, in our case, the evolution of our show has just, it's changed. I mean, yeah. our first episode, we, we, uh, <laughs> we used um, uh, lamps as microphone stands <laughs> <laughs> and we just like duct tape a mic <laughs> down on top yeah. and then ran it through a board from yeah. like the fucking 80s <laughs> like we had to dust off this big it's like a big yeah. ass board like a 50 multi-track board for two mics <laughs> for two mics <laughs> <laughs> like and like you couldn't have any cords yeah. sitting next to it or else it would buzz like nice. it was oh my god <laughs> it was a shit show and then um our next step is like we turned one of my bedrooms into a studio um and then we did all of our shit on facebook live oh wow yeah. uh it's just through uh ipad like ipad camera yeah. like all of our cameras were ipads or a phone and um and i think our next step was for like video production, we got a little switcher. Oh yeah, so you can switch the camera, do angles, yeah, yeah, and all that shit. Um, and now we've just and now like we got like the the, the cool microphones, yeah, yeah. you know, and shit. Like just how much we've adapted our show. Like what this is what episode for you guys? I don't know. Uh, probably be around. Or we just published, I think, eighteen or nineteen. So, okay, so getting yeah, into the twenties, yeah. because <coughs> we, I mean, we've been doing it for like five years. Oh wow! So I think that's that's impressive for most podcasts don't last. No, very like, long at all. We yeah. should be. We'll be in like probably the one seventies nice. when yeah. this comes out. But like we've learned a lot just through so much time talking, um, you know. And I'm just excited to see the evolution of this. This yeah. is. Don't don't tell Jeremiah, uh, <laughs> but this, I've listened to all of these. Like well, I am very it. interested. Yeah. Like I love hearing not only my friends talk about like comedy, but yeah. like this is a fun comedy podcast. We try. Like, it, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Like I I love hearing because it helps me too. Like yeah, I wonder we, if we ever book like a a comic that's not even famous, just not part of our group if it's because we've been working through all of our friends right to try yeah. to get our feet underneath us and learn what we're doing if it's going to have the same like if, are we going to be too nervous or is it going to be weird if we have to do it with the bluetooth and, right. and you know not in person and um but i guess we'll see yeah. if we if we last that long maybe i mean Justin that's will <laughs> and that's where quit i mean we were at too um but i mean we've We've been in the rankings on the Apple podcast and shit. Oh, that is awesome. That's yeah. cool. We, um, was just because before the, uh, the Pandy, I, we didn't even know how to look up stats or whatever. So after the pandemic and shit, I looked and, um, before the pandemic, we had hit number 12 in the stand up oh, wow. genre. Um, and then after the podcast, because, Everyone made a podcast. Yeah, it's like yeah, everyone yeah. famous made a podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you, yeah. But it's just yeah. th so much has changed um, even in the last five years. Like, I don't know. Chelsea and I, 
she's heard this before, and I've talked I've, probably with 50 billion people that I talk about it, whether it's podcast or whatever, that to do a podcast, if you want it, you have to either, you well, first of all, you have to decide, is this something I'm going to do because I want to have fun? Or is this something, do I think I'm going to get famous or, or successful, make money? And in, in my opinion, you have to, if you want to be successful, I mean, you, you can, I'm sure there is a path to just do the hard work and be entertaining or whatever, but to get pretty early success, I mean, first you have to either be already famous yeah, or you have to have like some kind of a shtick, like shtick. a, like a, a little niche that you can like post on. So my friend does a Taco Bell podcast and there are other like Taco Bell YouTube stars, there's Taco Bell forums and all. And so they're pretty successful because Every episode is something to do with Taco Bell. They post on all these Reddit pages, Facebook groups. They invite the the YouTube famous oh, Taco Bell YouTube people on their podcast, and they do their show. So they get a lot of eyes. And so, um, what was your goal? And do you have a shtick, or was it just over oh, two stepbrothers or brothers that? Well, were I just think talk I, or I think that's essentially what it is. It's yeah. like we are stepbrothers. I don't think there's a lot of, like. For for siblings, we're fucking we're close. Yeah, you know, um, and I think like our chemistry, like I don't know if I could I could do like a, a pod, like another podcast with just because our chemistry, oh, yeah. unless they're like there would have to be a niche. Yeah. yeah, like if I was going if I were to do another one with somebody, I feel like. I don't know if I could have like ours is really just we turn the mics on. Yeah. <laughs> like I've been listening to this podcast called Cocaine and Rhinestones. It's like the history of country music. And yeah. they, there was an episode they were talking about, I think they called it Blood Harmony. Okay. And it's where if somebody is related, I guess just genetically, their physical the way their vocal cords are and everything, and then just the fact that they've grown up together, they can harmonize in a way that, you know, like even two really great singers couldn't do together and and i think that's kind of similar that yeah i mean he is my stepbrother <laughs> that you guys <laughs> the end of the day. you know from whenever you first met as step siblings kids like, yeah you know to the you know and i, I do How think there's something to, to that i think i was seven do you guys and he was like three. Oh, okay yeah okay so you're the big brother yeah okay. i'm the oldest of all of them all of them yeah how many siblings do you have? Three, but they're all steps and halves. And but at one point, our half brother was like our producer nice. in one of our that was, family affair. That was yeah. sick. Having a producer, yeah, was awesome. Like, want someone to sit in yeah. the back and look up shit as we're talking and pull shit up on the screen. Like, oh, it's it's a game changer. And then do the cameras too. Yeah. Because even now, like, I'm doing the cameras. I'm the video guy. He's the audio yeah. guy. So, like, I'll be switching cameras. Like, I have it, like, memorized now. Like, yeah. I'm talking, so I push I, this I button. I Google stuff. So we were... <laughs> and, and book people. Hey. When we started ta- talking producer. about doing the podcast, we asked... Or we, I was talking to Chelsea about it, because that's around the time she started doing stand-up. And she was like, oh, help. Whatever you need to help. So I think it was Justin joked around and started calling you to the producer. Yeah. But it, we, it's in it. It's not. There's. We don't have video. We. Yeah. Right. There's not a lot of like stuff to play not on. Not a lot to so do. <laughs> we still call but, her the producer. But but calling me an yeah. assistant or something doesn't sound yeah. quite yeah. right either. It doesn't sound professional. Yeah. Yeah. 
we could i guess call you the booker yeah but i do yeah. more than that yeah <laughs> she sent me the she address and track, stuff yeah, yeah. she yeah. she yeah. kept she kept it on track she's my personal i assistant. i even there you go <laughs> i don't even know if you know this but i uh message people the day before nice and, no and i didn't I'm, know and that. i'm like just a friendly reminder. I'm going to put that on Secretary. your email. Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> oh, that sounds sexist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we ever make money, I'll, I'll uh, increase your wages from... <laughs> Friendship. Use, I don't know what apps you use for yours, but we uh, Alex recommended Anchor, which is now Spotify for podcasts. Okay. And I was looking at the ads, and you, you have to have a certain amount of listeners to do the ads anyway, but... To get like a dollar, you have to have a thousand views or a thousand listens or whatever. And it's even if we enable ads, we'll get like three cents <laughs> for a month. Yeah. <laughs> three cents a month. I mean, it yeah. definitely builds. I think yeah. the biggest thing with podcasting, and we've we've not been the best um, as of late, but we are getting back on schedule. But consistency, yeah, um, that's how you like keep your fan base essentially yeah that's why we do multiple episodes in one recording yeah between me and justin um there's always something coming up right. where we can't record or and whatever, i mean you so. just recorded yeah. a month's worth of podcast oh, yeah. In yeah. a day yeah. which is nice um shit i forgot what i was gonna say and oh we use um buzzsprout buzzsprout okay yeah i know i've used podbean in the past mm-hmm. um but Anchor is completely free. You don't have to pay anything. You lose some of the visibility in the, like all the statistics and stuff because okay. everything is done automatically for Apple and Spotify and, or all that. So it's, there's no login for Apple to see okay. all that stuff, but it it's free. So it, it's uh, perfect for our price range. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're, we're hitting about an hour. Um, does anybody have any more questions? Anything we want to talk about our topics? Anything you want to plug for the past? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I I don't know why I didn't think about this, but I can record a segment. Like I can reach out to you this weekend and or whatever the weekend before and say, hey, what do you shows you have coming up? And I can oh, do and something at the beginning and say, hey, up. this is Adam. This episode, we interview so-and-so. He, he's got these shows coming up, um, that kind of thing. So There you go. Well, by yeah. the time this comes out, I'm probably going to be back into it. Yeah, so. so. Nice. And I, I still do want to do a weekly kind of like summary slash suicide note journal yeah. type thing. And then you're yeah. going to be like, Chelsea yeah. did in fact start doing stand-up yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just so, plug uh, the Step Brothers podcast. Step Brothers podcast. We're the ones with um, the swan. All right. Find that. Uh You'll see when you when you look it up. It's a silly it's a silly picture. Um, and then find me on the Instagram Scott underscore Whitcap. All right. Is that the only one you're on? What's that? I mean, I'm, you don't have to say. Is is that the only social media that you're on? Oh, and Facebook too, okay. Scott Whitcap. Whatever. I mean, I'm, I was just curious because I I know people that are on everything, especially comics. They got to be on everything, and yeah. then some people are like, I only do Twitter or I only do Instagram. So yeah. I don't do Twitter. Yeah. I like like. Um, I assume like your Twitter is like a reflecting image of your Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. 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 Twitter. Um, yeah. Twitter used to be a lot better. Even before angry. Elon Musk took over, even before that, it, it yeah. it's, it's all about money to get the visibility and it's just, yeah. you don't get the same response. So it's not as fun, but I still do it just cause I have to. But yeah. 
but you're you know you, yeah. your your one-liner catalog oh, yeah, is yeah. it's huge pretty huge. solid huge yeah. <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming all the way up Absolutely. here we are talking about having more a more centralized like office space that we rent to do these but um it's, okay. it's too late you're too late too late or too early too i early, should say yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um yeah so look out for scott make sure you listen to his podcast Listen only to half of the Basura Triangle. Only listen to <laughs> the stuff that Jeremiah says. And uh, Scott's episode. Oh, I'm the other way, yeah. yeah Scott's <laughs> episode, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if you like me better than Scott, listen to only Jeremiah's. If you like Scott better than me, only listen to Gary's. <laughs> <laughs> what other part? Life is Cooler with AC. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. Alex Cunningham's. We got um, Janie's podcast, uh, What Happens When I Die. What other podcast? Do we have any other ones? I think I think that's it. That's crazy. That's I thought there was. I thought every single one of us had a podcast. It seems and I that just way did. for sure. I've officially done the circuit. Yeah, the only one I haven't done yet is the Basura Triangle yet. Well, I keep mm-hmm. getting asked, and then it's not a thing anymore. Well, you've after. done our podcast, so oh, okay. Well, that's one. the most important one. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. This is where Justin would say, bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to They Said I'm Funny. Uh, you can email us at they said I'm funny at gmail.com. You can find our social media on Twitter. You can find us at They Said I'm Funny. And on Facebook, search for our page, They Said I'm Funny. You can also give us a call on our Google Voice number. Uh, That number is 254-294-6032. That is 254-294-6032. And thanks again for listening.